Gardens, um, two locations, South Minneapolis and Northeast Minneapolis. It really does matter where you buy. Most chains use a ton of chemicals and what you buy. And if you're looking for ideas on how to make um, landscaping more bee friendly, the Bee Lab at the University of Minnesota has a great list of plants for Minnesota bees. Um, and their locate their um, email ad or their uh, website is blab.umn.edu. Um, and so get out and garden. If, if you're renting or do not have access to uh, land, look for a community garden or find simple things to do in your home. Growing mushroom kits, indoor gardening, a few favorite plants. Also be very careful where you buy your food. Um, an article in the May 8th Guardian newspaper reports, quote, weed killing products more toxic than their active ingredients test show. So Monsanto introduced Roundup brand back in 1974, but it's now only after 40 years of widespread use that the government is investigating the toxicity on human cells. Now remember, the International Agency for Research on Cancer in 2015 classified this as a probable human carcin carcinogen, but $9 billion of Roundup is sold every year. And so Food Freedom Radio is all about how we counter this insanity one sane, slow, and kind bite at a time. So joining us by phone later in the program is going to be um, Leslie um, McKenzie with Transition Town Twin Cities, and they're doing a big charge your yard um, today. Also, New City Background Farms, and they're looking at creating food forest. But we start with our in-studio guest who is Amanda Babcock, and Amanda is the policy program organizer for the Land Stewardship Project. So it's also really busy at the state capitol right now. Yes, it absolutely is, and thanks for having me this morning. Thank you for being here, and also we are live. So any questions, call in. The call-in number is 952-946-6205. Okay, so what are some of the food-related bills that you're working on on the state capitol, at the state capitol? Yeah, great question. Um, well, there's a lot going on at the capitol all the time. I think this year it has been the record amount of bills that have been introduced. Um, the Land Stewardship Project, I work on state policy. We have policy organizers on multiple issues across the state. Uh, I've been working on quite a few issues this year, including, you know, extending the beginning farmer tax credit to more beginning farmers, making sure that land is accessible for our young and beginning farmers. So let's let's talk about that beginning farmers program because sure. because of the age of farmers right now, we are expecting half of our farmland to turn over in the next decade or two. Right. There are more farmers over the age of 65 than under the age of 35 right now. Um, and a lot of that means that when people don't have land access, that land is being turned over into corporate farming um, and, you know, factory farms, that kind, that kind of farming, which isn't what we want to see on the land. Why isn't it what we want to see on the land? Yeah, when you have... Corporate farms and, and factory farms, not only is it not environmentally sustainable, but it's not great for local communities. It takes away um, a lot of local communities' availability to have that strong main street, and it does affect the health of human beings when there's a lot of chemicals, a lot of you know hydrogen sulfide and stuff like that coming out of these types of farming systems. What's hydrogen sulfite? Great question. Um, you know, when when there's a lot of factory farming, you know, large hog operations or, or other large operations, manure that it just sits in these kind of manure lagoons gives off hydrogen sulfide, and um, that creates a lot of health issues for the surrounding communities. Well, I do remember we have the manure equivalent as if we had 50 million people because Minnesota is a big exporter of pork, but then that really hurts our long-term water quality. It does, yeah. And and ultimately what's the most important is getting more small, medium family farmers on the land. And doing that means that we need to be able to make it possible for people to access land um, through and putting that into policy because when we care about the policies 
and we care about what's going on in our land, we have to publicly invest in those things. And a lot of that is through the legislature. Yeah, that's so tell us about the other, other bills that you guys are um, supporting. Sure. Um, so we are working on a bill that would take away the state's ability to regulate the over-application of nitrogen fertilizer, which is a leading cause of water pollution in the state. Um, it's a bill that has been moving to basically effectively limit the ability of the Minnesota Groundwater Protection Act to do its job. Um, that was passed about 30 years ago. So tell me more about that. So um, t uh, give me more details on that. Sure. Um, the Minnesota Groundwater Protection Act was passed in, I believe, 1989. Um, the Department of Agriculture in Minnesota is working to create a pretty modest rule that would um, effectively limit groundwater, you know, pollution that 75% of Minnesotans rely on as their drinking water. Um, and the legislature is seeing this and does not want this to happen. And so there's a bill that would quite literally take away the power so, of the department to do so. So some financial interests want to be able to pollute the water without having any, just why does should it matter? If I'm making money, it's good. I'm polluting the water. Who cares? And they want full blanche, carte blanche to do that, and they want to erode some of the environmental protections that were put in place. Is that basically what's happening? You know, when I, when I talk to farmers, farmers know that farming isn't just about profit. Farming is about stewarding the land. It's about leaving it for future generations, whether that's their children, their, their you know, nieces and nephews, another family coming in. Um, farmers do care about the land. There's, a, there's this clear difference between corporations coming in, whether that's corporate ag or, you know, 3M who just had a huge settlement on how they polluted water. There's a huge difference between those types of farmers and the farmers that really do care about the land and support what we're doing on this type of work. Right. And so what other issues are going on with the capital, on the capital? I know there's a lot of bills you wanted to... Yeah. Um, Another big one would be just funding for farm advocates. Uh, farm advocates is a program through the Minnesota Department of Agriculture um, that has been around since the 1980s farm crisis. And a lot of farmers are facing financial stress right now, keeping up with the pressures of high input costs and low prices, keeping up with the pressures that corporate ag can really like put a lot of you know, they have more availability to put a lot out there without really spending too much, and so it's hard to compete. Um, and farm advocates really help people understand their rights when they're facing financial stress and help them work through those things. So the farm advocates, because um, it is, and, and you touched on it, but it's a really tough time for farmers this year, especially um, in Minnesota. Yeah, it's been it's been hard for a lot of farmers recently. I'm obviously not a farmer, but um, I've heard from a lot of our members. They're concerned for themselves or their neighbors. And what's great about farm advocates is that it's a real like tool to be able to understand how you can restructure your debt or... Um, really just understand your rights if you're going under um, and just really get support. You know, it's more than mental health counseling, It's which is also incredibly important. Right, because farmers have um, mm -hmm. some of the highest suicide rates. Right, and that's a huge issue at the legislature. There's been about $200,000 um, proposed to go towards a rural mental health crisis line, which is great. Um, and what we really support about farm advocates as well is that it's also a real tool to help farmers keep their farms while they're struggling with mental health. I'm going to just sidetrack for a moment because sure. healthy communities recognize their interdependence. Mm -hmm. And so we want small and medium farms to thrive. And so we have to recognize and value that interdependence and support them and find those ways of of making um, a sane, kind world. Right, and like I said earlier, when we value something in Minnesota, we have to publicly invest in that thing. And so when we see that our Minnesotans in rural Minnesota and 
um, farmers are struggling, we have to publicly invest those dollars into practical tools that help them stay afloat. Okay, so we have about a minute left in this segment, and I know there's a lot more bills you're working on. We're talking That's with okay. Amanda at the land, from the Land Stewardship Project. What other bills did you want to mention? Um, the last one that has been a really big issue is uh, a bill that we've been calling Guilty by Association. Guilty by Association. So this bill is literally put forth by ALEC, which is um, the American Exchange. I'm Legislation, sorry. yeah, yes, ALEC. you know ALEC, what it yeah. is. I'm sure a lot of your listeners know what it is. It's publicly put on their website as something they're very proud of. And what it does is hold Minnesotans accountable for others' actions at a peaceful protest. So if someone at a peaceful protest were to basically kind of go rogue, um, damage critical infrastructure, which basically means pipelines, or trespass, even if you're not that person, you would be held accountable criminally and financially. Right, and so they might even pay someone to do the damage so that the, the organizations would get bankrupt, and mm -hmm. that way they don't have to have any checks and balance on their oglarky power. Exactly, <laughs> and you don't even have to be there. And so this is a clear, like, outside corporate interests, not even from our state, coming in to silence Minnesotans who are standing up, and, you know, they're threatened by our voices. <sighs> Threatened by her voices. Yes. Okay, so you are listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Charge Your Yard and Food Forest. And we'll continue our conversation on um, issues at the state capitol. Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette, 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coop. Saturdays at 1 p.m., you have a chance at a fresh start, a new beginning. Hi, everybody. This is Freddie Bell, host of New Beginnings. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, spirituality, and even entertainment. Every day is a chance for a fresh start. Join us Saturdays at 1 p.m. for New Beginnings with Freddie Bell on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. As a family-owned business, Standard Heating and Air Conditioning has been serving the Twin Cities since 1930. A new furnace or air conditioner from Standard Heating and Air can lower your monthly utility bills, administer more consistent temperatures, and even improve indoor air quality, making your home safer and healthier for the whole family. The average heating and cooling system lasts 15 to 20 years. So if yours is on its last legs, call Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Learn more at standardheatingdeals.com. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, the comfort you deserve. It's a good day to be indigenous. Native Earths Radio presents I'm Awake. Our weekly Native American talk radio show will discuss national and local Native American news and events. Local and national guests will help us keep current with Mother Earth, tribal, and Twin City issues. Native American issues are human issues. We invite all people to walk hand-in-hand hand with our struggles, victories, and achievements. Listen Saturdays at 2 p.m. I am awake. With spring, it's car wash season. Thank goodness for the Luther Advantage program from Rudy Luther Toyota. Not only do I save 10 cents off per gallon of gas at holiday station stores, but I also get big discounts on car washes. And with free two years of maintenance with every new Toyota purchased, I can get my oil change and spring service done with the best service and maintenance department at Rudy Luther Toyota. Clear your spring checklist with great service from Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169.
So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant the seeds of change. I'm Laura Headline. Karen Olson Johnson's not able to be here today. In studio with us is Amanda from the Land Stewardship Project. And joining us by phone right now is Leslie uh, Martin, and she's with Longfellow Transition Town. Uh, sorry, Leslie McKenzie um, with Longf- Longfellow Transition Town. And Leslie, you have something going on right now. Tell us about it th- today. Hi, Laura. Hi. Yeah. Excuse me. Today is our Charger Yard program. Charge your yard. And though, for those who don't know, what is chard? Oh, chard is a vegetable, but you don't have to put it in your yard. Uh, that's just a catchy title for our project that we do the second Saturday of May every year for the past six years, where we install raised bed gardens in the yards of our neighbors at cost or half price for low-income senior citizens and persons with disabilities. So um, you were telling me before that like um, in Milwaukee, one place has done 100 of these, and you guys have done how many? Uh, over the years, we have installed 150. Wow. Today we're going to be installing another 20. Wow, that is so, so cool. So we're smaller than the, the uh, Victory Garden project that they do in Milwaukee. They also do it in Berea, Kentucky. Uh, they take a whole week to do it. We do it all in one day. So what are you, how many people are involved and how does this work? Um, Transition Longfellow uh, started this project because we wanted to encourage people to learn how to grow some of their own food and to create a community of growers in our neighborhood. So we... Um, started off with a, a small core group of about 8 to 10. Uh, we advertised to our neighbors to see who was interested in getting a bed. Uh, we buy the wood, a large amount of wood that we cut down. We buy the dirt compost mix in bulk, so we get a better deal for it. Um, neighbors donate their truck for our use, and we put out a call for volunteers and that it's it's kind of as simple as that. Any neighborhood could really do this kind of project. But over the years, we've added elements to it to help people become more successful growers. So we've partnered with the Hennepin County Master Gardeners. They teach a class in the spring called Veggie Growing Basics. And we offer that in our neighborhood in April. And... We also do site visits to people's yards to help them find the best location for growing the kinds of so food this is they so, want to grow. It's so beautiful. So, um, uh, Leslie, how do people find out more about you? Um, where do they get information? They could go to our website, transitionlongfellow.org, or they could uh, check out our Facebook page, which is Longfellow Transition, uh, become a member, uh, and... and we would be happy to chat with them if they are thinking they'd like to do something just like this in their community. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Leslie. And also joining us by phone is the New City Backyard Farms, um, Armel. Um, uh, um, so good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So tell us what you're doing in, in Minneapolis. Yeah, so in the Midtown Phillips neighborhood, uh, this is a startup project of a startup church called New City Church in South Minneapolis in the Midtown Phillips area. And what we do is plant uh, perennial uh, edible uh, forest gardens, so like small uh, edible fruit tree guilds that include a fruit tree with a few other um, edible perennial bushes with some ground cover with uh, mushrooms, so growing as much density um, with a long-term mindset, uh, mainly uh, for um, under-resourced neighbors, uh, mostly immigrant families are just coming around to buying their first home. And uh, this is a great way of building a resource within the neighborhood. And we also target that on as much of a hyper-local level as possible. So we're actually working along the 15th and 14th Ave. Uh, corridor streets, and so all of our neighbors that we've been working with um, have been just within a few blocks from each other. So this is so cool. So is the so what's the idea behind why why are you doing um, these food forests? 
Yeah, so that's a really good question. Um, <clears throat> so, so, so New City Church serves the Midtown Phillips area, and one thing that came out of the discernment of how can we be of best service to the neighborhood um, came through understanding on-the-ground relationships with what families are going through. Uh, there's a lot of people who, you know, maybe are working second, third, part-time jobs just to make ends meet for their families um, or are living in multi-generational households uh, in order to pool resources together. And so our goal is to create more resources for the neighborhood in a way that's most accessible for them that is also going to be hands-off. And so a perennial um, edible food system uh, that's integrated has plants that assist with deterring pests, has plants that assist with sharing nutrients between the plants. And this creates a, a lower-maintenance, uh, long-term abundant system. And so the first year will look dramatically different from four to five years down the road when the trees start to really start producing a lot more fruit and the bushes are starting to really reach their maximum size. Um, and so this is a way of, of setting those passive resource-building seeds for the neighborhood uh, after observing and getting to know through the relationships that this is something that people really want. So can people support you? Uh, yeah, most, most, most definitely. Um, so New City Church uh, meets every Sunday from, uh, from 10 to 12, and one way that people can support us is going to New City Church and uh, any, any sort of donations or volunteer assistance for our seasonal plantings uh, will be advocated through there. Um, and also they can check out our website and our Facebook page. And so by doing this, you're also helping the pollinators. I mean, who wants to live in all concrete and also helping with mental health issues? Mm -hmm. Just being near correct. living yeah. things. Is, 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 is Correct. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a multifaceted approach, and there's there's so many benefits um, that are hard to describe in just one sentence. But everything from you know mental, uh, emotional, physical, and also a way that it's bringing neighbors together is starting to already manifest. So we're in the early stages of this project, and even just in our plantings that happened this past week, we had neighbors coming from outside of their own yards. The next door neighbors be like, "Hey, how can I get in on this? I would love to have a perennial uh, edible food garden also in my yard too." And other neighbors were were being invited over to listening to some of our initial talks when they're going through the early design process. Well, we were, um, and so it's it's really it's really exciting. Uh, ultimately, it's about bringing bringing the community together and building resources from within. Building resources from within. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. So, Leslie, um, we're down to our last second, but did you want to hop in here? I see you've been listening still and say anything. I have been listening. Um, yeah, this is a great community-building activity. It's wonderful to see people getting out and coming together again and talking about what they've learned by gardening and sharing those new gardening skills that they're learning with their children. Ooh, We're really children. building a community of growth. A community of growth. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio. We are live, 952-946-6205. And then coming back, we'll talk more about what's happening at the state capitol when it comes to local food systems. Six years ago, Dr. Emily Stein was confronted with a life-changing situation. Her grandmother developed rheumatoid arthritis and was unable to maintain her own dental hygiene. Unfortunately, her assisted living facility didn't have the resources to help her maintain her dental health either. Once her dental health deteriorated, her overall health deteriorated too. It wasn't long until she had multiple tooth extractions and a severe stroke. That's when Emily put her Stanford background in microbiology and immunology to work. She created an oral care lozenge, or Smart Mint, that manages oral bacteria to promote strong teeth, healthy gums, and fresh breath. Daily Dental Care is a life sciences company dedicated to addressing public health by targeting the root cause of dental disease. Because let's face it, we all could use a little extra help supplementing our daily dental care routine. Visit dailydentalcareswithans.com or go to Amazon to purchase our lozenges and use promo code DDC95502 for a 25% discount on your first purchase. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Daily Dental Care lozenges are not intended to replace daily dental hygiene practices. 
Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at Seward.coop. Do yourself a favor and check out the amazing cuisine of EatLocalMinnesota.com. More than just a website, EatLocalMinnesota.com provides you with the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities. Serving family favorites in Minneapolis since 1964, Milda's Cafe is a great spot for breakfast or lunch. Wake up with their delicious Eggs Benedict or biscuits and gravy and savor their many great lunch options. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Milda serves authentic Finnish pasties. Open weekdays 6 to 3 and now on weekends 8 to 2 on Glenwood Avenue, four blocks east of Penn. Specializing in Szechuan and Peking cuisine, the Great Wall Chinese Restaurant has been a local favorite since 1981. They offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include the sesame chicken, imperial beef, and Peking duck. The Great Wall Restaurant is located off 45th and France with takeout available too. More at greatwallrestaurant.us. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. And I'm Rachel Shamblot. Did you know a lot of people are afraid of the dentist? You don't need to be afraid of my dad. He makes going to the dentist comfortable and even fun. We don't care if you're a dental regular or haven't seen a dentist in years. We just want to make you comfortable and get you out of pain. If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. Why must the world be so cold? They've gone against what was told. Thinking rape is cool? Think about it. They think it's not wrong. Violence against women? The rape? The abuse? The emotional? Physical? They all hold the hate. Think about it. Is it right or wrong? What attracts you? I'm not saying no names, but you laugh. Talk about it like nothing is wrong? Think about it. They all hold the hate? Gotta stop the violence. Stop the hate? Think about it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. is not able to be here. I'm Laura Hedlund and we are live. Time for your calls 952-946-6205 952-946-6205 In studio with us is Amanda Babcock. She's the public policy organizer for the Land Stewardship Project. Before we start, Amanda, I love that charge your yard, but I really love this whole idea of distributed food systems and that's what the Land Stewardship Project has been about and it's kind of a jump, but this Jared Leonard, Leonard, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, but he's got a great YouTube out there as to why the internet is broken. Why why doesn't our internet work very well? And well, it's because we wanted everything for free and we really idolize big heroes. So we have a system where you know only a few people control all the resources and the way to fix the internet is to have more people make money from the internet. So instead of, you know, one person owning all of Facebook, we try to find distributed social medias. And I know a lot of fun things are going on, like there's a doc.io or there's a mind.com. There's a lot of energy on on that. But this distributed systems in, in the internet, in energy, in food, in clothes, in makers, it really has the potential to create a kind and sane economy. Um, and, you know, the the distributed systems function in a way that the billionaire oligarchs dictating the market it really fails us, right? So now let's connect this to the food system and the farming. Because I said that that's really the heart of Land Stewardship Project. How do we support distributed small, medium farmers? Right, right. And so, yeah, the Land Stewardship Project, we have been around for, since 1982. And we have 4,300 household members across the state and in a couple other states as well and uh, well actually across the country but mostly in minnesota mostly and, rural and, and every listener can be a member so yes. how, tell us about how your membership works yeah that's a great question um we have members across the country and our members are people who you know tell us 
they financially support our work, um, and that allows them to, again, invest in what they believe in. Um, and so if you, you can go online to our website at landstewardshipproject.org um, and become a member, and we have a fantastic membership team who keeps everything up to date and everything going all the time. They're great. Good. So tell us a little bit about the history of the Land Stewardship Project. Right. Yeah. So again, we've been around since 1982, longer than I've been alive. I can tell you that. Um, but not longer than I have. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. And again, we have 4,300 household members, um, mostly rural Minnesotans, mostly small, medium farmers. And what's great is that we are a membership organization. So every our members drive our work. They They tell us what to work on. I mean, I can just say... I know that like some of the issues we specifically work on are because our members said, like, you need to work on this and, and this is really important to us. Like healthcare isn't something we worked on for our entire history, but we started working on it because our members told us like this is important and we as farmers Farmers face uh, right. particular issues when it comes to health care and I'm sure they uh, the whole uh, Governor Dayton's idea of, of letting people buy into Minnesota care, mm -hmm. might that be something that would be really welcomed in the rural areas? Yeah, and that is something that LSP supports. You know, if you, if you can't get health care through work, which farmers don't, you're really on your own. It's really hard to afford high deductibles and, and a lot of high premiums as well. Okay. So do we want to, you want to go back to some of the issues going on at the state capitol right now? And we Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, the Land Stewardship Project, we have quite a few programs, including our policy and organizing program, which is I'm a part of, but we also are working on community-based food systems, um, soil health. So what do you health. mean when you say community-based food systems? Yeah, community-based food systems um, are really just like when you know who's growing your food. Like, we have a CSA directory, so being able to literally buy the food from the farmer and, and being able to engage in that um, and supporting those farmers. So if someone hasn't sent, signed up for a CSA, they can go to the Land Stewardship Project and click and see a list of all the different CSAs. And and for those who, that, those letters might be new, what does CSA stand for? Um, that is a great question. That Community I'm Supported on. Agriculture. Got I got there it. I got go. it. <laughs> Community Supported Agriculture. So the idea is that you spend a certain amount of money and you get a, a box of veggies every week. Mm -hmm. And um, a great way to participate. If you're not growing your own, it's a great way of connecting with local farms. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and then, yeah, Land Stewardship Project also works on soil health. So how soil health is really important to to farmers being able to be profitable, but also to climate change, to to water quality and everything like that. And then farm beginnings, we need to get more young and old beginning farmers on the land to be able to support this community-based food system that, that we're talking about. So I want to go back to that soil health because it is really mm -hmm. um, a, such a tragedy of what is happening to our soils right now with the industrial food system. And the industrial food system, on the one hand, doesn't take into account any externalities. It's only about how do I make money now without taking into how does this affect the lives of people? How does it affect the lives of pollinators? How does it affect the life of the water? Mm -hmm. So how do we compete with that industrial system? Right. And I think this kind of compares to what you're saying even about the internet. It's if we want quality food and we want a quality system of agriculture, we want a quality environment, we have to be willing to put our dollars there, right? And so when you want cheap food, then that's what you're going to get from it. And when you support family farmers, you support small, medium farmers, you support cover crops, you support public dollars going into systems or into programs like the University of Minnesota Forever Green Initiative, like that's what we need to be doing. We need to be putting our public dollars where our values lie. Exactly. And then on the other hand, there are people who are, you know, they're working a couple different jobs. And I, I think it's just outrageous what happens with renters. I mean, it's just, it just breaks my heart what is happening to people who rent. Now, Something large has happened in the, the economy, and, and so how do we get to a sane, how do we untangle this to get a sane kind of economy? And what I know is I know I'm a truck driver's daughter, and we got two vacations every year, and we had a four-bedroom house on one salary as a truck mm -hmm. driver's daughter. But why that happened was because people came together in, like, the Minneapolis truck driver strike. And so that's what, how do we come together and not, like, hey, you're a loser, man, but because yeah. it's hard for people to be able to afford 
the food that's going to feed the people. Does, am I making sense here? Yeah, absolutely. And as consumers, we do have the power for that, right? I mean, if if our we need to be working at the public policy level, and we also need to be working as consumers. Again, when you put your dollars towards something, like that's what you're going to get from it. Um, I think it's really important to to be able to stick together through coalitions, whether that's being part of an organization or part of many organizations that come together and support each other's work, whether or not that's the exact issue you work on. I mean, LSP is part of a coalition called Our Minnesota Future, which is 22 people-powered, you know, membership organizations across the state working on issues that range from, you know, rural issues, farming to um, racial justice, to immigration, all these things come together, and like that's when we have power, right? And when we have power to actually govern our state together. Yes, yeah, through that collaborative power that mm-hmm. we that we gain power, that collaboration. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um. So, uh, what is I'm I'm wondering I'm 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 going to jump here a little bit again, <laughs> but when it comes to food, it's also like you you addressed it a little earlier. It's not just about money, right? Right, and you know, there is high input costs for farmers right now, and they're getting, there are low prices for them selling. They're not making a ton of money. But again, when you're a consumer and when you are a part of being a Minnesotan, when we start putting our money as consumers and our public money towards things that matter, we're really going to create a better community and a better Minnesota. Right. Let's talk some more about that legislation. You got sure. a big event coming up uh, next week. You want people to show up to that. So let's let's yeah. talk about that event. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are really bad bills going forward <laughs> in the legislature. I mean, that's like the the best I can say it. Um, Alex is having a heyday out there. Is, is it, yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And you know. As part of our Minnesota Future, the coalition that I was talking about, I mean, there's groups like Isaiah, um, there's groups like the Sierra Club, North Star Chapter, there's groups um, like Jewish Community Action. There's all these groups who are working on these issues. And yes, they're separate, but we stick together and we know that we have more power when there are more people, right? There's two different types of power, organized money and organized people. Um, And so together, we are going to go to the Capitol on Thursday, May 17th, to stand up for the values that are basically just being violated right now by all these bills. And we need to be telling our legislators and tell the governor that we want them to be listening to Minnesotans, not outside corporate interests. Um, So we're having a rally outside the governor's office at the state Capitol on Thursday, May 17th at 1.30 p.m. So Thursday, May 17th at 1.30 p.m. And mm-hmm. what's happening at this rally? What's it called? And- yeah, it's um, the Minnesota Values Rally, basically telling the governor to veto these bills that just completely violate Minnesotans' values, whether that's corporate power stripping away the power of people, um, whether that's going against organized people like unions or you know, violating our environment. Um, Altogether, there's these bills. And we'll have some speakers there. We're going to have a rally. We'll do some chants, a very um, strong people-powered rally that that you'd see there. Yeah, because we really, we need that people power. Mm -hmm. And we need to support that people power. So tell us a a little bit more of uh, how are corporations wanting to take away um, the power of individual small farmers how 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 is how is that manifesting at the bills what what is alex doing um the specific bill that that alec is really pushing like i said earlier is this guilty by association bill that's completely pushed by by alec and what they're doing is basically trying to say your voices they're trying to tell us to be afraid to use our voices to stand up to them, whether that's pipelines running through our farmland, whether that's talking about, you know, standing up to corporate agriculture. Um, frack sanding and Winona. Frack sand mining, which we are still working on. Um, LSP with a lot of Winona County residents banned um, the mining of frack sand. And we, there actually was a hearing, another hearing this past week on that, so... And how is that at? How did that get? Where is that at right now with the frack sending in Winona? Yeah, um, you know we do have an organizer who works specifically on this, but I can tell you just a little bit that the Winona County Winona County decided to ban frack sand mining in their community based on 
what the what was best for the community and they have the power to do that. I mean, it's it's basically local control saying we don't want this here and so we're going to stand up against this. And the con- the company who wants to do the frac sand mining there, Minnesota Sands, I believe they're called, didn't like that. So they're suing the county. Um, and it was the oral arguments were just heard this week, I believe, in the Minnesota Court of Appeals. Right. So exercising power. Yes. And some people don't want you to exercise power. No, I think <laughs> um, I wasn't at the hearing on, on Thursday, but um, I heard that they were calling us like, this powerful local interest and we're like exactly <laughs> like that's who we are and we're standing up for our communities and you're a corporation that don't you dare like, do that what <laughs> like if communities don't want something and they stand up for it like that's democracy right that's democracy that's what we want mm-hmm. we want democracy democracy in our food and you're listening to food freedom radio where we plant the seeds of change karen Nelson johnson's not able to be here but we'll be back for our last segment still time yep. for your calls 952-946-6205 Did you know that tooth decay is the most common disease in America and that over half the American population has some form of periodontal disease? Simply brushing and flossing don't seem to be enough. The abundant bacteria in your mouth thrive off sugar to produce acid and plaque. But what if you could actually prevent bacteria from converting sugar into the harmful byproducts responsible for tooth decay and periodontal disease? Daily Dental Care is a life sciences company that leverages our microbiology expertise to create oral care products that promote strong teeth, healthy gums, and fresh breath. Our lozenges safely and effectively neutralize harmful bacteria and their disease-causing byproducts like acid and plaque without harming health-promoting bacteria that guard your mouth against the destruction that sugar causes. Supplement your daily dental hygiene routine with our convenient dental lozenges. Go to dailydentalcareswithans.com or Amazon to purchase and use promo code DDC95001 at checkout for a 25% discount on your first purchase. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Daily dental care lozenges are not intended to replace daily dental hygiene practices. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists, Warner Stellion. Being a dog is awesome, except when you really gotta go, but you're stuck inside. That's why I had my human called the Urban Dog. Daily walks, field trips, play groups, one-on-one time, safe off-leash play, and pet sitting. I love being an Urban Dog. The Urban Dog works with your schedule and can create a plan that fits your needs. The Urban Dog. Exercise, explore, socialize. Let the journey begin. Call 651-231-6333. That's 651-231-6333. <laughs> Mother's Day in the Twin Cities means Mother's Day Buffet at the Park Tavern. On May 13th, treat mom to herb-crusted beef with Bernays sauce, tortellini with champagne cream sauce, grilled salmon with pesto, eggs benedict, breakfast and lunch sides, appetizer salads, and desserts. Mom even gets a free mimosa and a carnation. Seatings are from 10 a.m. till 3 p.m. $21.95 for adults, seniors are $14.95, kids are $10.95 and 5 and under are free, and don't forget the hour of free bowling. On Louisiana Avenue, north of Highway 7 in St. Louis Park, Sunday the 13th, enjoy Mother's Day with the Park Tavern. Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette, 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis, and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant the seeds of change. Karen Olson Johnson is not able to be here. I'm Laura Hedlund. Um, Char, the yard's going on in Longfell neighborhood today. There's lots and lots of plant sales, new city backyard farms. They're also doing some gardening. Um, in studio, we have Amanda Bobcock with, Bob with the Land Stewardship Project. And I want to uh, briefly share a personal story. Um, you know, the weather has been really crazy, but we had finally one of those nice days. And I've had these walking Egyptian onions for 20 years. 
<laughs> they 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 knew some invaders were coming, so they moved over to a nice part of the, another part of the yard. It was kind of cool, but all this crabgrass was there. So the only way I could think to fix it was to actually dig up the soil a couple feet down, dig out what I want, get rid of the crabgrass or whatever was invading, and then replant them in the area with some beets because beets and onion are companion plants. So that took some time. But after that, I had this incredible sense of calmness. And it was so lovely. And it's the soil and just watching everything. And that day, I stayed outside for 12 hours. I mean, just participating in the animated world. And and so... We, um, how, do, how do we move to that in our whole food system? And again, there's so many wonderful plant systems, plant cells going on this weekend. Get out. And um, right now we do have a caller, um, uh, Dan from Golden Valley. And you want to uh, consider obstacles? Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning, Dan. Welcome I enjoy to the, the show. show. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I'm all about, boy, it just breaks my heart to drive through the countryside and see all these vacant homesteads that went right. where at one time in history. Uh-huh. There were so many family farms. <clears throat> but, you know, I think I, it appears to me that government is part of the problem with that, with subsidizing these huge corporate farms, dumping mm-hmm. garbage into our soils. You know, in growing sugar beets, being subsidizing sugar beets, really? We need to subsidize corn syrup? You know, I I just think maybe we should look at that. I think sometimes our politicians are subsidizing the wrong industry. That they maybe shouldn't well, be subsidizing anything. Uh, you know, I totally agree with you. But here's the thing: is who is subsidizing our politicians? <laughs> so Very the same. Well, I mean, yeah, we I mean, have I mean, the billionaire oligarchs. There shouldn't be any taxpayer dollars subsidizing any business. I mean, if you're well, you farming, know, here's. Here's Make where here's farming, you know, right? Dan. Dan, here's one thing. I mean, I do think that there's sometimes that some public resources make sense and some public resources don't make sense. It's not a one size fits all. It's far more sure. complex. But I do think there is so much in that farm bill that is completely insane. Like why why fund this unhealthy foods, the corn, the soy, yeah. and, and the monoculture, and fund the stuff that hurts the water. Yeah, because, you know, I know I know my cousin's a farmer. <clears throat> my family are for farmers in western Minnesota. And we were looking on a website. The largest receiver of government subsidies, the guy has an insurance company and farms thousands of acres out west of Wilmer. Yeah. Oh, you know, my God. Is that God. really yeah. what we're going to do is we're going to find a guy who doesn't farm at all, but he owns thousands of acres and is getting subsidies for um, sugar beets. Yeah, Dan. You know, and I, I was driving out there one day. And I'm following this tractor pulling a tra- pulling a, a trailer, and on it was a tank, and it said ammonia. And I think that's what they're dumping in our soil to get more crops to grow. It's pouring ammonia into the soil. So Dan, Amanda go, wants to Amanda wants to hop in this with the yeah. land stewardship project. Yeah. Yeah. So, thanks, Dan, for for calling in. Um, you know, disclaimer: I do work on state policy. I don't work on federal policy. My coworker um, Ben Anderson is is working through the farm bill right now, along with our other coworker Tom Newsmeyer. Um, but what's really like just unfortunate about how this farm bill is and the government and the government subsidies in general is that it it only really helps corporate farms. So when we don't put our public dollars at all towards the family farms and the, and the small and medium-sized farms, that's that's truly the problem because we're not valuing them, you know. Um, and I think you see that. Yeah. Right, we have corporate farming and we have corporate government. At <laughs> any, any level, you know, mm-hmm. I really don't think that's right. I don't either. So how do we change it, Dan? Well, <laughs> we, let the, we let the free market. People want organic food. People want healthy food. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that's why you see Whole Foods now, grocery store. But, but you listen, you know, no, I'm going to stop you right market. there. I'm going to stop you right there because there's a lot of mimickers. And mimickers incur, incur in nature. They're like there's a cuckoo bird mm-hmm. and they kick out someone else's <laughs> egg, egg to pretend that they're that. And so I am a strong believer in the co-op movement and to really know CSAs. who owns. Yeah. Who owns? When I spend a dollar, who is that dollar going to? And cooperatives, CSA, meeting your actual drugs. farmer like that—that yeah. that is like a community-based food system. Um, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I love it. Seward's yeah. downtown. I mean, you can go there. It's a cooperative. Yeah, yeah Seward Co-op. And, Thanks. Uh, there's a demand for it, but I don't think we should be artificially subsidizing businesses who are growing crap food or growing mm-hmm. any food. I mean, if, if you want to be a farmer, I'm a plumber. 
And if I can't perform my job and I don't solicit business, I don't stay in business. Why? It shouldn't be any different for anybody else in enterprise. And that's they have the... to be effective. The best farmers know how to make a living at it. The ones that are getting subsidized paychecks from taxpayers shouldn't be in farming. Great. Thank Sorry. you so much, Dan. Thank you so much. Because yeah. the small, medium farms that are making it, they are very much like you, Dan, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not getting much subsidies because we don't subsidize healthy food like vegetables. <laughs> well, and that's and that's the power we do have as consumers, right? And if we're, I see the demand growing for organic and for, you know, CSAs and for knowing your farmer. And that's what, that's what we got to pursue. This way. And I know you got a couple more events you want to mm-hmm. mention. Yeah, the the Land Stewardship Project is having our annual potluck, which is I the haven't been to, but I know you've been there. I've Laura. been there. I, I say it's the best potluck. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's um you can check it out on our website, landstewardshipproject.org, and it's on Thursday, July twenty sixth. Um I've only been with LSP since the fall, but I've heard it's the best potluck, and, and Laura it, can speak to that. Yeah, I can, I can. And then <laughs> and then the rally at the Capitol. Yeah, again, we have um, a rally at the Capitol to stand up for Minnesota values. It's on Thursday, May 17th at 1.30 p.m. Um, in partnership with 22 people, organizations from Minnesota through our Minnesota future, um, asking the legislator to drop proposals that puts corporate interests above Minnesotans' values and asking the governor to veto them if, if they pass and get to his desk. Awesome. And I've got a little exciting news to share. Um, Green Garden Bakery um, has read, they met their first goal, crowdfunding goal, goal um, from PyShed, so, or PyShell. Um, so their first goal of $10,000 is to buy appliances. Their next goal is mobile bike carts and then a, a, a ventilation hood. So that total is $25,000. So this is a commercial kitchen space in North Minneapolis. It's mm-hmm. operated by youth. And they're making, they're including vegetables in um, in, in their produce, and they're selling. Um, they sell some products for what you can pay. Uh, it's great. a beautiful organization, Green Garden Bakery, um, and so you can get information about that if you want to uh, participate in that crowdfunding at Pie Shell. Just go Pie Shell Green Garden Bakery. So it is awesome because it creates jobs, it creates community, um, and the produce is mainly grown in North Minneapolis. So it's the entire ecosystem, pollinators. I don't want concrete cities. I don't want just concrete cities with billion, just ruled by the billionaires. I don't know what the billionaires want, but I'm not sure they want the same thing I want. <laughs> so well, again, that's why we got to bring urban farming back. <laughs> we got to bring our urban farming back and take back our power. Mm-hmm. Take back our power, and we we have our power every time we spend a dollar. How we regenerate the money mm-hmm. in our own system, support our waters. So, you've been listening to Food Freedom Radio. Um, next week we're going to be talking about seafood with fortune fish. Fish. So. Um, Have a wonderful week and get out their garden. Show up to one of those plant sales going on. Mm -hmm.